ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of 32 Teams in 32 Days, episode number nine. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be talking about the Atlanta Falcons. If you guys missed yesterday's podcast, we talked about the Cleveland Browns finishing up the AFC North. The Atlanta Falcons here today will start off the AF, sorry, NFC South, uh, then we'll go back to the AFC and the AFC South Division. If you guys are new to 32 teams in 32 days, I'll give you guys a brief rundown on how things work. First things first, I'll go over my three key players I believe are the keys to their success this year. That will lead us to our first trivia question slash break of the podcast. When we come back from break, I'll go over uh, my two favorite draft picks as well as two free uh, or two favorite offseason addition moves. When we come back, or I'm sorry, after that, we'll go to our second trivia question slash break the podcast. And then when we come back from that, I'll go over my three keys to success as well as my predictions for the upcoming year. Without further ado, let's hop right into it. So the first key player I have is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, the longest tenured Falcon, I believe, um, pretty, pretty old. He's entering his 14th season in the NFL, I believe. Honestly, a pretty solid year, uh, or sorry, career, rather, um, 2016. Uh, 2018 were probably his two best years in the NFL. Um, last year was pretty good as well. Same with the year before. Kind of think of Matt Ryan as a good quarterback, but one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. The NFC South um, really, I feel like, is a lot of offense, um, a lot of passing yards, rushing yards. At least that always seems to be the case uh, for fantasy purposes. It looks like, though, he has not gotten a 5,000-yard season. He was close in 2016. Uh, 2016 by far was his best year. 70% completion percentage, uh, 4,944 yards, 38 touchdowns, which I believe is a career high, uh, seven interceptions and a 117.1 rating. Last year, um, 4,500 yards, 26 TDs, 11 interceptions, 93.3, 65% completion percentage. That's actually pretty good for an NFL quarterback. Um, the main thing with Matt Ryan throughout his career, though, was having a guy like Julio Jones um, as probably his number one option. Um, he had that option now that Julio Jones isn't there. I'd be very curious to see how good his stats are this year. But in order for the Falcons to have any type of success, it's got to start from his um, or the quarterback position where they really don't have a solid running back anymore. Um, so they really need a, a quarterback to step in uh, and be able to make good throws. And, you know, honestly, Matt Ryan's a pretty good quarterback. I think he just doesn't get as good of a rap as he should. Second key player I have is Calvin Ridley. Um, Calvin Ridley entering his fourth NFL season. Every single year, I feel like his production has increased. Um, you know, receptions go up, yards go up, touchdowns go up. Um, everything is going up. Um, and I really think this year is going to be the breakout year for Calvin Ridley. I think he can be a top three. Yeah, top three receiver in the league. One of the main reasons why last year, 90 receptions, um, almost 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. That was alongside Julio Jones. You take Julio Jones out of the equation, Calvin Ridley's numbers are going to skyrocket, um, not necessarily dramatically like 4,000 yards, but definitely go up in my opinion. Julio, sorry, Matt Ryan's going to look to Calvin Ridley a lot more often, um, especially since there's really not many other options besides Calvin Ridley. Um, and since Julio Jones is gone, I really think Calvin Ridley is going to have a great impact. Not only is he good in the pass catching uh, game as well, but he can also run the ball a couple of times uh, here and there. So if you need um, a jet sweep or, you know, put him at the running back position, which I don't think they'd ever do. But, you know, Cordero Patterson, who they uh, added this year, can also help with that. But put him in the running back position, give him a couple of carries. He can make some magic uh, with his feet as well. So very good player there, Calvin Ridley. Finally, my final key player is Deion Jones. 
Uh, again, another long tenured Falcon, or not necessarily long. He's only played five seasons. But Deion Jones, very good linebacker, one of the better linebackers in the league. Tremendous amount of tackles um, per year. You know, he got 138 in one year, 110, 106. Um, you know, that's pretty good amount of tackles per game. Deion Jones is really good in the run defense as well as the pass defense, but really good in the run defense. Um, going up against some of the better runners like Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, um, Alvin Kamara for the Saints, Taysom Hill even, you know, those runners, Deion Jones is a great guy to be in that division. He's probably the best player on the defensive side of things, or at least one of the best players. Pretty big built. He's only 26 years old, 6'1", 220 pounds. Um, really good team and uh, really a really good player on a pretty bad team. And I think that's kind of why he's shown to be one of the better players in the league. He's going to have another great impact this year. Um, he's going to really help out that Falcons defense, you know, going to mentor some of the younger guys they drafted, um, you know, even other linebackers as well. Um, he's going to be a veteran leadership um, in that role. Every single year they stayed healthy. He's had over a hundred tackles yards or hundred tackles per season. So really liking Deion Jones there. That's going to lead us to our first trivia question slash break the podcast. And the question is who has the most rushing yards in Atlanta Falcons history? Who has the most rushing yards in Atlanta Falcons history? The answer when we come back here on The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. Before the break, I asked the question, who has the most rushing yards in Atlanta Falcons history? If I'm going to be completely honest, I thought it was Devontae Freeman. It's actually Gerald Riggs with 6,631 yards. Moving on to the second portion here of the podcast, I'm going to go over my two key draft picks as well as two free agent signings. The first one I liked, First rounder, Kyle Pitts, number four overall pick, tight end out of Florida. Um, obviously the number one tight end drafted in this year's draft. Kyle Pitts coming out of a great division, a great school in Florida. I definitely think he can make an impact week one. You know, the Falcons went out and got a guy. They could have gotten different positions. Um, if they really wanted to, they could have drafted a quarterback, one of the, you know, the main quarterbacks that were in this year's draft, whether that was Lance or Lawrence, not Lawrence, probably, or Wilson. Um, they could have got Mac Jones. You know, they had options to do if they wanted to maybe – see where Matt Ryan was in his career and wanted to start building in the future. They could have drafted a running back, you know, defensive side of things, but they went for Kyle Pitts. Um, definitely think they're trying to maybe do something like Tony Gonzalez back in the day, you know, having that tight end, it's a good solid tight end. Um, they, you know, drafted this tight end really high for a reason. Honestly, I had him um, as my number nine overall um, player in this year's draft. You know, he got drafted number four, number one tight end. That's what I had too. Um, I just don't really like seeing tight ends drafted this high just because I feel like sometimes the tight ends that get drafted this high don't actually turn out the way they want to be. Kyle Pitts is still a really good choice there um, at the number four pick. And, you know, a lot of people have high expectations with Pitts this year. Um, you know, I was looking with a buddy of mine at, you know, tight ends, like projected, you know, tight end um, you know, rankings at the end of the year. Kyle Pitts is already in the top three um, or top four, top five tight ends. And he hasn't even played a snap in the NFL. Uh, so the Falcons are very high on him. The NFL is very high on him. And he definitely can be one of the best tight ends in the league um, alongside the Kelsey's, the Kittles, you know, you name it. Um, but he definitely needs to grow. Uh, Matt Ryan will have this as an option for Kyle Pitts. And I think it's actually a great decision to kind of get him going because Matt Ryan doesn't necessarily have the options that Big Ben does or the Saints do, or whatever, you know, they have a couple of guys, main guys, but that's pretty much it. So Kyle Pitts can be very productive off the get-go. If they do run the football, you know, he can be a good viable asset in the run blocking game as well. So there are a lot of benefits with getting Kyle Pitts and drafting him as early as they did. Um, me personally, I just don't know if I would have done that. Now, I don't know the Atlanta Falcons situation. They could 
have wanted this tight end for the longest time and they got stuck with the fourth pick or, you know, they went through all their options. But Kyle Pitts, definitely a good pick. It's be very interesting to see how he pans out. Um, I think you have a great year this year and can be one of the better tight ends. I'm not saying top five, but maybe top seven, top ten. Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle, third round pick out of the University of Michigan. Love this guy too. Um, more of a pass uh, kind of blocking guy. Fits well with that Atlanta Falcons offense. Um, and Matt Ryan, he, you know, he, I think he can make an impact, assuming he makes a team and makes the, the roster. Um, I think he can make an impact week one. Um, he's going to provide protection off the edge against some of the better um, rushers in the league. You know, he might be put up against some players uh, like Cameron Jordan uh, when they're facing the Saints. Um, if they face the Rams and Aaron Donald, I'm not saying that they'll match him up against him, but he definitely, once he starts learning how to work in the NFL, can compete with some of those bigger guys. Um, one of the better offensive tackles in the draft, and he's coming from a great offensive tackle conference and school in Michigan in the Big Ten. Um, so really good by the Falcons to go out and get a guy like him. Offensive line for the Falcons hasn't really been good over the years. You know, they definitely have, you know, some room for improvement in that offensive line. So getting a guy like him um, can really help Matt Ryan, um, you know, continue to post the numbers that he's been posting throughout his, you know, pretty solid career. Uh, so I really like the Atlanta Falcons going to get a tight end and also a tackle with their first and third round picks. Free agent wise, I like Cordero Patterson, wide receiver from the Bears. Cordero Patterson played for the Vikings. He's kind of one of those guys that can do it all. Um, he plays wide receiver. He plays running back. He can, you know, be the kicker turner and punt returner, which I think he'll have that role maybe at Atlanta or maybe they give it to Ridley or somebody else. But Cordero Patterson, I think, has – I could be wrong, but, he, you know, he's got a lot of kicker turner, punt returner touchdowns. Yeah, I know that because I've watched the Vikings games. Um, he has the longest kicker turn touchdown in NFL history, I'm very certain. So he really can do it all. With the Vikings, he was mainly more of a lesser wide receiver role, more of a return specialist role. With the Bears, he was a return specialist role, wide receiver. He even played running back, like literally was set up as a running back position. He can do pretty much everything. Um, and it's a good to get a guy that's versatile like uh, Cordero Patterson. You know, I think um, throughout his career, he's just really been a solid you know, player. He's not going to, you know, jump off the page with, you know, numbers. Um, he doesn't get targeted as much, you know, only about 20 receptions to 40 receptions per season. Um, but he is, has some big, you know, plays, can catch the ball for, you know, a good amount of yards. Or if you need somebody to run, if your running backs are tired, in this case, there's not really too many great running backs in the Falcons roster. So put him at the running back position. Um, his literally his position when you look it up on Google is a football return specialist. So, you know, that of itself um, mainly can also be a good thing because if Calvin Ridley was your return specialist, you can save his legs and, you know, produce or save maybe a potential injury um, by having a guy of almost greater value in the kick return um, game of court as Cordero Patterson. So I think it was a great decision by going out and get a guy that's as versatile like this. He's played for some winning teams, the Vikings, the Patriots uh, under Bill Belichick, the Bears, you know, he's done it all. Great addition there. And then Deron Herman, uh, safety. Also like this pickup. Um, played with the Patriots the first seven or eight years of his career. And then with Detroit the last year. Another solid safety. One of the more underrated safeties as well. You know, a lot, not a lot of people mention his name. He won a Super Bowl uh, with the Patriots, I believe. Um, he's had to have. Yeah. One of, uh, against the Falcons too, for that matter. So kind of with a little vengeance there. Um, but playing in the NFC North division, a good football division, having some experience there, learning under Bill Belichick and that uh, amazing defense in New England. He's going to transition well over to Atlanta, go help a defense that's really been struggling throughout the years um, and find the best ways possible in order to be successful and help that team win 
win ball games and potentially make a run and win the NFC North or even maybe advance further in the NFC. So really good by the Atlanta Falcons with their draft picks as well as their free agent signings this year. They're really addressing needs that they need to do in order to be successful, which a lot of teams might shy away from. And I don't really know why, because if you need something, you should go out and get it. Now we're moving on to the second and final trivia question slash break of the podcast. The question is, who earlier I talked about who has the most rushing yards, but who has the most receiving yards in Falcons history? Who has the most receiving yards in Falcons history? Hint, hint, it's a very easy question. The answer when we come back here only on the truth. Welcome back to the truth. Before the break, I asked the question, who has the most receiving yards in Falcons history? And I said it was pretty obvious, people. Julio Jones, 12,896, no longer on the Falcons with the Tennessee Titans. Moving on to the final portion of the podcast, I'm going to go over my three keys to success as well as my predictions for the upcoming year. The first key to success I have is offense and defense needs to be better. Plain out simple, the offense needs to be better, the defense needs to be better. They're really just not that great of a team. They're kind of in the rebuilding process, in my opinion, and if they aren't in the rebuilding process, you might want to start considering it. Um, Yeah, you can have your veteran, uh, Matt Ryan or Calvin Ridley, some of those younger guys that you want to produce, and you want to get them you know, surrounded by players that can help them when they reach the prime of their careers um, and not towards the end of their career. So it's kind of like Russian roulette in a way. You want to win, you want to be successful, but you also want to be smart about it. You don't want to not be good or you don't want to, you know, not know what you're doing um, and you don't want to waste players. And so I'm afraid that that might happen at some point. So if you're, you know, in the Falcons front office, maybe you consider full-on rebuild. Um, It's okay to add veteran players and compete in the NFL, but where, you know, the division's at right now, um, you know, the Buccaneers, the Saints even, um, kind of have the division, I would say, more in wraps than the Falcons do. Um, maybe it's time to rebuild. The defense and the offensive line really aren't that good. You know, you do have Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Pitt, um, Hurst. You know, you have those players, but, you know, you look at some of the other teams and they have depth. They have a good quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a line, a tight end. Um, good defense, good defensive line, linebacker, safeties, and the, the Falcons don't really have that. So in my opinion, you either need to completely rebuild or you need to add more weapons to be successful. Because in all honesty, you know, if they really wanted to make a run and they really wanted to be committed to this year, first of all, they got to make some moves. And second of all, there's a very open opportunity there. Um, Panthers have been struggling. Um, Saints are lo- losing Drew Brees, so they might be struggling. This might be a perfect opportunity, but I just feel like it's not possible to do it all this year. So that's my take on that. I put Pitts have an impact week one. You know, I've already talked a lot about Pitts, so I'll kind of keep this one short. Um, you know, he's drafted number four overall pick. If you're picked in the top five, you're pretty much expected to make an impact week one um, as kind of building the franchise around you. Um, I think Pitts will be fine. I think he'll have a really solid year, mainly just because, like I mentioned, Matt Ryan uh, doesn't really have too many options. So he'll look to Pitts, especially um, towards the red zone and third downs. But not only can, does Pitts need to be a good receiving tight end, he also needs to be a good run-blocking tight end. So if he's able to do both of those, I really am liking Pitts this year. And then Young Hoku. I love Young Hoku. You just got to have a great year as usual. He's always so great. If he has a great year like he always done, he'll be no, no worries whatsoever. Predictions. As far as predictions go, I have them finishing 4-12 and 12 this year, finishing 4th in the division. I just don't think their team is good enough to um, – make a run this year. And it's sad because this would be the year that you'd want to do that with the Saints kind of question marks or have question marks with uh, other teams that are struggling. So, you know, it'd be very important to uh, 
to know that you you know you have options and you can make a run but unfortunately i don't think this is going to be the year i think you might as well just rebuild while you're at it and just hope that over time you can build around players like pitts and ridley and then you, you know whatever those players and not focus too much on the old veterans but you do want to have some veterans to kind of have that leadership thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the truth another episode of 32 teams in 32 days episode number nine if you guys are a fan of 32 teams in 32 days let me know um, I will be dropping um, over time, at least eventually, a couple of fantasy podcasts. I want to do um, a 10-team mock draft, 12-team mock draft, 16-team mock draft, as well as my um, fantasy predictions for players, uh, player rankings, uh, things like that as fantasy season is approaching. You'll probably see more of that closer to the end of August. I did an 18-team mock draft not too long ago, um, a little bit beforehand. But like I mentioned, currently when this is uploaded, um, where when I'm making this, I'm getting ready to move to college. So I'll be a little bit busy this next week. Um, so yeah, I'm not too sure when they'll come out. But if you guys want to know when they're going to come out and want to know more information on when podcasts are coming out, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth Is One. Um, tweet out The Truth Is One or hashtag The Truth Is One for any podcast suggestions, complaints, whatever. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Tomorrow's team will be the New Orleans Saints, another very interesting team with Drew Brees retired. Thank you guys so much for watching. As always, Niall Hassan signing off. Peace. Peace.